0: Well, happy new year. We made it. 2020 is over. Like many of you all, I spent most of 2020 at home, working, doing whatever I could to stay afloat. But, you know, the other things too, like fighting depression, anxiety, and let's be honest, I was still looking dope. Okay, okay, just kidding. I mean, I'm not, but anyway. One night surfing that worldwide web, I fell into a YouTube black hole of menswear videos that was completely dominated by my guest this week. Now this guy gets it. He lives his life well and he has created his own style in the meantime. But one of the reasons why I really wanted him to start us off in 2021 is how he approaches his work. He has a tireless work ethic, but he's also someone who's figuring out how to be as busy as the world expects us to be, but still make time for himself. My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blammo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. My guest this week is online content creator Tim DeSaint. Tim and I discuss the stigma surrounding influencers and what it takes to make it on YouTube versus TikTok, going viral in Turkey, and why trying to hack the algorithm can be counterproductive. Last but not least, we discuss how authenticity, perseverance, and storytelling are at the center of his success. Tim, thank you for making the time. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on, Jeremy.
0: Yeah. So, um, it's it's funny because I I went through the other night and I probably was on your YouTube channel for a good, like, hour and a half, two hours, just, like, going through all of your videos. Um, and I got to say this, and I, I will say this in the most complimentary way, I'm not... I've never been like a person who has understood the entire YouTube personality because sometimes I'm like, am I too old? Am I too young? Like, I don't I don't know what the deal is. Because everything's always like, what's up, guys? Like and subscribe, da, 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 And also, most of my background was in like video games. So or, or like of, you know, of YouTubers and Twitch streamers and stuff. But as I watched yours more and more and more, it's incredibly refreshing, and it's extremely underrated. I mean, it is by far some of the best, most informative, and honest videos and like YouTube like like vlogs and like documentary stuff I've I've seen. It's wow. fantastic.
1: Thank you very much for those kind words. That's that's very very kind of you to say.
0: No, <laughs> I'm I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, so I mean to kind of jump way way back because I know you've shared a lot of your story on your channel about. Where you've been and, and how things kind of came across, but if you wouldn't mind just for for you know for humoring me here, but um, how how did some of this stuff start? Because you've been a, a YouTuber and I guess TikToker, all that stuff for a long time now. Like what what's how did it begin?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny that you say TikToker now because yeah, I don't even I, know. <laughs> I used to call myself a YouTuber because that that was my primary platform. Um, and then I got into TikTok more recently this year, and that's been blowing up like crazy. So now I don't even know what to call myself anymore.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you're uh, not to put you on blast, but your email signature says content creator, and I was like, yeah, that's that's what it is. Okay, true. Okay.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the word that describes it the most accurately. I would say, um, I guess the industry term is influencer. But what I find peculiar about the word influencer, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry to go on this on this little tangent it. here, but Um, I find that it's the one job where it describes the results of your actions rather than your actions themselves, in the sense that if you're a banker, you do banking. If you're an accountant, you do accounting. If you're a painter, you do painting. But if you're an influencer, you don't really wake up and influence (laughs) quote-unquote usually you you you, well influencer regroups so many different categories right but um most of the time it it denotes people who are content creators who wake up and create content on on a given platform whether that's youtube or a podcast like yourself for example i I would consider you to be a a content creator so i feel like content creator is a more accurate depiction of what the job entails at least
0: yeah influencer also has a bit of a um it's been tainted quite a bit i'll just put it that way when when you think of in you know an air quote influencer and you think of people just shilling really bad product and you know weird teas that help you lose weight <laughs> and just things that they don't use to get a paycheck um yeah i always kind of cringe a little bit cuz someone's like oh you're like an influencer right and i'm like no no i can influence my little brother like that, that that's
1: it <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay. So to 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 reply to your earlier question before I went on on that tangent, no, you're fine. Um, how did I get into it? So I first started creating on Instagram actually, um, about three years ago. So I had just finished my master's degree in marketing. Um, had gotten my first corporate job also in marketing. Wait, where are you
0: from? Just before,
1: I am from. So I was born in Paris. I'm okay. French Japanese. But I kind of grew up um, just traveling around the world. We, we moved countries every three years with my family, well, with my mom, because of her job. So I don't really have like a home base. Uh, so we've just been kind of traveling around the world. Now I'm in London. I probably want to settle here for a bit now. But right. um, yeah, so I'm, I'm born in France. But I don't know if I can say I'm from there because I didn't really live there for, for very long. Um, do you speak French? I do, yeah. Th- that is my first language. Well, English, English is my second. You're French
0: enough for me. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs>
1: um, so yeah I, I had gotten my first job in marketing mm-hmm. and I kind of had an existential crisis in the first two weeks um, where I kind of realized that maybe that path wasn't, wasn't made for me. Um, it didn't seem like something I wanted to do for the rest of my life or even for like 10, 15 years. So what was the role? Um, I was, so it was an internship, but but Mm -hmm. really it was, it was a proper job. I had a lot of responsibilities as an intern. Um, and it was, I was basically managing different projects, doing Facebook ads, social media ads, um, that sort of stuff and email marketing. Um, I would say your typical kind of entry level marketing position in in a, Mm -hmm. in a big, big corporate company. And yeah, um, then I kind of had that crisis where I, I, I was wondering what I would do with my life and... That's kind of how I fell into content um I stumbled on on content online kind of showing me that it's possible to make money from Instagram from social media from YouTube from these different kinds of platforms and even though I always kind of knew I never really knew <laughs> um that it was like it, it never actually seemed like a tangible possibility for me um but I don't know i kind of I kind of let myself be open to those ideas and kind of not stay inside a box and thought, okay, like I'm in my twenties. This is probably the time for me to actually take the most risks in my life because what if, cause I don't have any responsibilities right now. I don't have a wife and kids and I don't, I don't owe anyone anything besides myself. So mm-hmm. let me take care of what I want to do and let's, let's give it a shot. Right. And, and fashion has always been a big passion of mine. I've always used, um, fashion as a method of self-expression ever since I was a kid. Um, it's always been a big part of, how I express myself and how I express my, my creativity. Mm. Um, And, and yeah, I've always been into fashion. So I thought, Hey, why not? Why not try to make content? And actually when I first started, um, I wasn't set on fashion from the beginning. So you mentioned gaming before, and I had actually thought about different categories. I thought, okay, so I can do fashion. I also enjoy Mm -hmm. gaming. I enjoy sports. So what can I do? And I kind of weighed the pros and cons of each and it ended up, being fashion because that's the one I was probably the um, most comfortable with slash the most skilled at. Like I enjoyed gaming, but I was I wasn't a professional gamer, and I felt like you had to be really really good or very. Yeah, that's where the money's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I ended up going into fashion. So I, I started making an Instagram account, committed to it. I'm gonna try to keep this story brief. Um, committed to it for a year, posted every single day um to see what happens ended up gaining a small following very small following couple thousand um nothing outrageous didn't make any money from it and then I thought okay so let's pivot I got into blogging realized that I, I hated writing I, I can't write for <laughs> part of my French but I, I really can't write for shit yeah. um and yeah so I tried two blogs one personal style blog one street style blog where I would interview people in the streets for hours on end, try to find people who dressed well took took pictures of them with their permission, of course, interviewed them and then took an extract of that interview, transcribed it, posted it on a blog that took a very long time to, to produce. Um, and I quit after a couple of months cause I realized it, it also wasn't for me. I didn't enjoy that process. So no matter if it was successful or not, I, I wouldn't have enjoyed the day to day enough for me to keep, to stay committed. And then I pivoted again and that's how I got into YouTube. And I think that's where it really happened where my, my first video went viral. It, it got 2 million views. Um, and that's where I thought, okay, maybe I have a r- real shot at this. Um, I seem to have at least a little bit of a knack with, with video. So, um, that's where I decided to give it a real shot and kind of keep committing to YouTube. And then that brought me to TikTok now, which which has been doing very
0: well. And yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. So, to to jump back, like, what's so crazy to me about this, and what I really admire is, a lot of people will get the the creative bug and they want to do something. They're like, oh, I'm going to start a blog, or I'm going to start. You know, I have a lot of friends, um, including myself, who have like had these harebrained ideas to make something, and you 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 start it right. A lot of people, it's like, oh, the the. The hard part is starting it. And it's like, if you're going to make content, the hard part is continuing it because it's easy to, to, to brainstorm and make your goofy logo that you're going to make on Squarespace and your little site and all the things that you're going to do. And, you know, I say this from experience. And next thing you know you're like, okay, I have it. And you announce it to the world, and your 30 friends are all like, way to go. And then comes continuing to make it. And what I really loved about all the stuff that you were doing, especially from the YouTube stuff, is you committed to making it and you weren't just like waiting for money to come in on day one or waiting for, you know, a gajillion followers to validate you. You like kept grinding. And I hate the word grind. I also loathe and detest Rise and Grind, I don't, it's so tacky. But, um, <laughs> But like you kept going, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people misunderstand or don't really um, don't really think about the the entire process of continuing to make stuff. Like I remember when I first made first episode of Blamo, and I'd spent all this time on it, or, you know, or music or any of the things I was doing, and people were like, "Cool, when's the next one?" And you're like, "What? I just spent." 9,000 hours making this and working on this. And, and you just said, when's the next? And I think, you know, again, like one of the things I'd really loved is you were like, well, look, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep making these videos. Cause what were you doing it once a week? Yeah. YouTube was once a week. Yeah. And how many did you end up doing? I mean, just off the top of the dome. Um, I'm not sure.
1: Maybe probably around 70 or 80 videos out right now. Yeah. Um, I didn't post every single week for the whole year. Sometimes I take breaks. Um, and more recently as well, it's been a little bit harder to keep up with all the different platforms and everything. Um, so I'm I used to be committed to every Wednesday, now I kind of let myself the flexibility of if it's taking a little bit longer to produce a video, I'll allow myself those extra few days and I'll just post it whenever. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, for the most part, for the past two years, it has been once a week, and lately it's been a little bit more lenient, but I do want to get back to um, a higher frequency.
0: Well, but the the content that you were making, though, too, wasn't just you know, this kind of bottom of the barrel, let's find a way to maximize my SEO stuff. I mean, they're extremely well done. Like I, are you like color correcting your videos? (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, yes.
1: Yeah. Everything is color corrected. Yeah. (laughs) Color collected, color graded. Um, I mean, I enjoy the, the thing is about YouTube is uh, that's what I say to a lot of people who want to get into it. Like you can't just enjoy the topic that you're going to talk about. I mean, I love fashion. I love talking about it. Um, And I love showing that to people. And and fortunately, people seem to be resonating with with my sense of fashion, right? But um, that's only half of it. The other half of it is actually the filmmaking portion. And I think that's something a lot of people don't realize is that YouTube is an entertainment platform first and foremost, and it's about the storytelling. So if you love fashion or you love cooking or you love yoga, that's not enough to have a successful YouTube channel. You also need to... Not only enjoy, because otherwise you're going to burn out, but enjoy and be a skilled storyteller at, at making good videos. Um, I, that's a hugely important aspect of it. And the most successful YouTubers you see in any niche are excellent storytellers.
0: Yeah. Well, who was kind of guiding you along through this? Was anyone? Or like, like what were you doing to improve? Because obviously, it's not like you went to school to make YouTube videos.
1: <laughs> Definitely didn't go to school to make YouTube videos. <laughs> Um I mean I'm self-taught like everything I learned is just self-taught I think like if there's one skill I have that I can like humble brag about is just the ability to like once I get into any subject I'll obsess over it and and I'll pave my way through it like I'll I'll make it happen as in I'll t- I'll find the tools um to teach myself the, the necessary skills and we're fortunate enough to be living in th- the era of the internet, right? So, you can literally find anything online in unlimited quantities, in-depth information for free. Um, So, I just look for it. And then I spend hours and hours of researching YouTube videos on how to... At first, I didn't even know... Like, the first video I made, I didn't know how to make a video before that. Like, I hadn't even opened iMovie, nothing. Um, I just downloaded Premiere Pro because I thought, okay, that's the software. Whoa, we start
0: with the big stuff. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I go directly into it. Uh, Like... (laughs) Like how I went about it is I, I thought to myself, okay, so um, let me script out a video I want to make, even though I don't know how to make videos. This is how I want it to look if I knew what what I was doing. Um, and I scripted out the whole thing. I wrote everything from A to Z and how a, a YouTube video should look like, in my opinion, as a viewer, if I wanted to watch one, um, because I thought the fashion niche could... could could use like improvements and the content could be better um so i thought okay what would i want to see as a viewer and then i thought okay let me try and recreate that okay what do the pros use premiere pro okay let me try and learn that um okay I, I want my title to look like this i obviously don't know how to do it um so let me try and find the words to to look that up on google or on youtube and, and, and learn that um, and that's how i went about every single video and i i think the most important thing is to have a growth mindset and at every video trying and Um, one-up yourself at every single video and and constantly trying to improve, especially when you're starting fresh.
0: So what were you doing in in this case when you started to one-up yourself? I mean, you know, like when you made your first video, what were you going to do to push yourself to the next?
1: I mean, the first video was literally learning to put, like, two clips together. um, (laughs) Learning, like, literally how to do, like, simple cuts. The first video wasn't even color graded. Um, I may have bumped up the exposure a little bit. I don't know. I really (laughs) didn't do much on the first video. Um, It was only, like, in-camera transitions. I learned, like, one or two in-camera transitions. I learned how to put titles, maybe a cross dissolve or something. Like, nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be honest, like, I mean, it's definitely not my best video. But, like, I was really happy about it for, like, a first video. Um, and then the next one was just, yeah, it was a process. It was like, okay, so now how do I color grade? How do I make the colors look pretty? How do I make it look aesthetic? Um, can I animate a title and it just went on and on. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think again, like so many people will be like, well, when I get to this level, I'm going to go to this You know, when I get to this many viewers or this many people liking or following or whatever it is, then I'm going to invest more or then I'm going to do this. And it sounds like from, you know, our conversation so far, you just started with the best. And you also, you know, were pushing yourself to go and learn those things and not waiting for the, you know, the air quote world to validate you beforehand.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you kind of have to, um, I feel like, like... if you want to build a successful channel today where it's so saturated, I feel like you have to start with the best even though it it seems so much harder, but you kind of like you can't just look at um any average video and be like, okay, this is my comparison point you kind of have to look at the best of the best of what's already out there. And that's very successful. And that's actually who you're competing with. Like, even if you're starting with zero subscribers and it it might be a little bit demoralizing to some to say, but to me, it actually brings out my competitive side and makes me want to get better. But you're, you're you're actually competing with the people who have millions of subscribers who are already getting all the views. Like that's who you're competing with to get onto the homepage and to get viewed by, by a new audience and and, and to garner a new audience.
0: Yeah. And you know, as as you're, you know, going and growing on your channel, how much did it become? Because I have a few other friends who do like tech YouTube videos or video game stuff, and they get so burnt out or frustrated by, you know, they call it like chasing the algorithm. Like, uh, were you doing research on that? Or were you just like, look, I'm just going to make a video and put it out there?
1: Um, I, I was never really too techie about it. I think on... I feel like in content in general, the moment you try to like hack the system too much, try to look at the keywords and everything or SEO or whatever. I feel like that kind of takes away from the content and you can mm-hmm. almost end up making content that in theory should work, but doesn't actually work because it doesn't appeal to how the human brain works. Um, and you start making titles because you want the right keywords in there and not because it's a title. Someone, a hum- another human would like to click on when he sees it. Um, and I found that whenever I try to get too techie, it actually hurts me. So I've I've always been more just human-oriented, like actually think like a person and think, okay, if I'm another human being and I enjoy watching fashion videos and I see this thumbnail and this title, would I personally click on it? And that's mm-hmm. kind of my how I'm gauging things.
0: Yeah. And in terms of like some of the fashion stuff you were doing, there's not like ultra ultra high fashion stuff that you're putting on there you're not like reviewing chanel bags you're not you know trying to create some biopic of Margella. like how did you kind of find your niche because i feel like it's extremely approachable
1: um my niche has i've always put out what i personally like it's always been very personal mm-hmm. so when I first started, it was literally the stuff I was wearing. Like it was everything in my closet. Like some people ask me, like, "Oh, like do you always buy new clothes?" No, it's it's. I've always been into fashion. It's stuff I already have. Like now, yes, that my channel is a bit bigger. If I want to review different things and and spend a little bit to to make a particular video, um, I'll do that. But generally speaking, like it's I've always put out content showing the outfits that I'm personally wearing for myself in that moment. So it's that's why back then, like I was, I mean. I wasn't into high fashion because i couldn't afford high fashion um and yeah it's always been just the stuff i was wearing i also wasn't wearing like primark so i don't review like the super super fast fashion stuff it's always been kind of what i'm personally into the brands that i like and the style that i like to wear and i think i think that's the way to go about it like just staying true to yourself and staying actually authentic to your style and then you'll find the, your tribe, right? You'll find the people who your your style appeals to.
0: Yeah, and then when did TikTok come into play?
1: TikTok came into play earlier this year, um, and actually regret I very much regret not starting earlier because I had actually seen TikTok um, a while ago. <laughs> I don't know if oh, I'm like How to- old is TikTok? Tik Ah, oh, I, I don't want to say so- something that's not true. Maybe two to three years because it was musically before and they 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 were bought okay, out by a chinese company 2016 yeah,
0: okay yeah i just looked it up sorry while we were talking okay
1: okay but but it definitely blew up like last year pretty much oh yeah
0: yeah for sure how long does it take you to make these things because like every edit and i mean are you, are you color grading a tiktok video
1: yeah, yeah. So for TikToks, I've kind of I'm doing it like my YouTube style. So I film everything with professional camera. Everything is color graded the same way I would color grade a YouTube video. Um, but that's just because it's I, I'm more comfortable that way too. Sure. Um, I, I'm more comfortable editing that way and putting it into Premiere and and making my videos that way. Uh, it, it probably takes me less time than it would to actually make it in app. I find the app to be a little bit clunky to actually edit in there. Um, so I prefer to do it that way. But yeah, it takes me about. Uh, without the scripting phase of, like, choosing the outfits and everything, maybe an hour, hour and a half.
0: Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty quick.
1: Two hours tops, two hours tops, including, like, filming and editing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's not too bad. And But, I mean, I guess, what, how long is a TikTok video? 10 seconds?
1: Yeah, anywhere from, I would say, 10 or 15 to 60 seconds.
0: Right. Jeez. And so, so you joined TikTok, and, like, a lot of your stuff were these kind of like outfit changes and like kind of like how to, you know, like ways to wear a white shirt and ways to mix up your outfits. Were were these questions you were getting from other people or were you just starting to kind of like sort them yourself? Like, oh, like I want to find a way to wear my, you know, camel hair cardigan or what was that?
1: I mean, it was pretty much just seeing, kind of trying to make a shorter bite-sized version of the content I was making on YouTube into TikTok. So, it was a lot of scrolling through TikTok, seeing what other people were doing on there, seeing what other fashion creators, because fashion creators started to get on the app as well, Um, just seeing what other people were doing on there and kind of understanding the context and understanding the culture of the platform and how it works Um, because it it is a different platform. You can't just take a snippet of a YouTube video and put it on there and expect it to work. You really have to create contextually for the platform. So um, it was really just that. I mean... I think once you get into content, like, there's an infinite amount of of fashion topics I could cover. Like, I have topics for for years. Um, So it's just about finding the right trend and kind of the right sounds. Like, whenever there's a trending audio, maybe you you hop onto that, and then you find a way to make a cool video on that audio. Because since it's a very musical platform, you also... you have to pay attention to audio a lot more than you would on YouTube. And the attention span is also shorter where you have to grab someone's attention in the first two or three seconds. So you really have to make that count. And yeah, TikTok is actually more complex than it sounds. There's, there's a lot of complexity and nuances around Making a video that grabs the person's attention and actually holds it every single second for 15 seconds because everything is on the for you page. So you have to hold people's attention that don't know you yet and that didn't choose to watch your video. Nobody clicked on your video and said, I want to watch this TikTok. They just saw it and you have to be good enough to hold their attention, basically.
0: Yeah. I mean, anyone who thinks TikTok is like, I mean, because I'll be honest, I refuse to download the app. <laughs> Only because any time I've ever like messed with TikTok stuff online, next thing you know, like two three hours have gone by. Oh, I mean, you, you,
1: you'll get addicted to it for yeah. sure.
0: And it's like I can't, oh my god, like I, I can't. But um, you know, a lot of people and like what you'll do this too is like some of your TikTok stuff. It's on Instagram. Like, are are you just you know pushing it out to there?
1: Um. So I started reposting some of it on Instagram just because they made reels. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, I don't know how many people are creating specifically for reels because then that's another platform you have to think about again um so I, I don't create specific actually no i did make one video specifically for reels but the majority of the time i just take 15 second tiktoks because there's a cap on reels it's a 15 mm-hmm. second cap so you can't take 45 second videos but i take the shorter ones and the ones that have already done well on tiktok so i know they they appeal to people um and i just repost them on instagram because also a lot of uh Maybe not a lot, but some countries like India um, don't have TikTok. And I have a lot of Indian followers who are like, hey, we can't watch your content on TikTok without a VPN. Can you please post it on Instagram? Um, so they're actually delighted. And it's the first time they see the content when I post it. Oh, yeah,
0: that's right. Because I mean, I forget, I mean, you have a seriously globally diverse audience.
1: Oh, it's very global, for sure. Yeah. I actually Jeez. just, I went viral in Turkey um, last <laughs> month. I, I don't know what happened. Um, My Turkish audience on Instagram went from basically zero to it's now my second biggest audience after the United States. Really? Yeah, it's insane. Um, I don't know what happened exactly. Um, I just know a lot of like big, big um, Instagram pages, like Turkish Instagram pages reposted me. Um, And and yeah, (laughs) the Turkish fam is there. (laughs) Love you guys. (laughs) Appreciate you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, I mean... Jeez, yeah, because I think that's the thing too with with things like TikTok and you know all these other platforms is also you know due to different political things that are happening. You have like content that's gated all across mm-hmm. you know the globe, into which some countries are allowing certain apps and some aren't. I mean, I've I know that um, so like for for Boemo, right? We we got on. Um, I think it was like CastBox or something. And then we were featured on CastBox. And one day I woke up and the numbers were like through the roof and it was all China. And I was like, well, I have no idea how, I mean, obviously I'm speaking in English, I don't know any Chinese, but it was just like, it was all because I guess people weren't in China, weren't using things like Overcast or Spotify or, you know, the Apple podcast stuff. It was just all the China platform. And still to this day, like I like... I think like my third biggest audience is, is China from from this cast box which was like the premier um, you know Chinese based podcast app I mean it's it's crazy
1: that's the beauty of the internet there's no <laughs> barriers so literally your audience can come from from anywhere
0: good lord almighty there are lots of watches out there and there's lots of watch sellers and dealers too Maybe you're just starting to get into them, or maybe you're ready to add your 10th watch to your case. I've been a fan of Topper jewelers for everything in the watch world. I know enough to be a little bit dangerous, and Topper is a great place to nurture my knowledge and help connect me deeper into the world of watches. Topper is a family-owned and operated jeweler for three generations, and they are an authorized watch dealer for premium Swiss and Japanese watches, from Omega to Grand Seiko to Moser to Longines and more. They sell the watch you can afford now and the watch you'll be able to buy in the future. It's all through Topper. Topper also specializes in pre-owned watches, carrying a deep selection of references from Rolex, Tudor, Breitling, and many, many more, and that selection changes every week. And if you're subscribed to Topper's email newsletter, you'll get access to four secret additions to their pre-owned drop every Friday morning, giving you the first right of refusal on the hottest offerings of the season. So visit topperjewelers.com to shop, subscribe, and join Topper's very own watch fam. That's topperjewelers.com. T-O-P-P-E-R, jewelers.com. But on that note, and this is where... I think, you know, which is why we're talking. And and one of the things that I'd really, really liked about watching all your videos is they're not just like skimming the surface. Here's a guide and then go away. Like you are extremely vulnerable and personal. in some of these videos, because I want to talk about the recent one where you had talked about burnout, like And I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't really discuss. And I mean, we don't have to get like too crazy into mental health and that stuff. But it is something that is happening more and more. A lot of it is magnified by the pandemic and lockdown. But I mean, you know, just in our short conversation, you're talking about all of these different platforms that you're making content exclusively for, that you're editing, that you're storyboarding in in many cases, too, of how you're going to do this. And then people are just, you know, watching it, wanting the next one. And the demand keeps piling on and on. And your audience keeps growing. And people want more and more and more and more. And then obviously, you make the video you made the other day, which was just like, hey, give me some space. What happened with that?
1: Yeah. um, So, so yeah, first of all, I have been getting a little bit more personal with my videos more recently because I kind of realized along the way that I didn't want my content to just be educational to just be this face that comes on and 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 shows you good outfits and and then leaves and that's all the interaction you get with me um along the way i realized that i wanted to show more of myself talk about things that are not just fashion um talk about life talk about things like problems um and get into the personal stuff as well because because i want um i want people to know me for who i am not just the outfits that i put on um and yeah that video it, it was basically a, a very accurate reflection of, of what I was feeling at that time, which was, um, a bit burnt out. Um, as you, as you mentioned, like it, it can get tough, um, the pressure of just constantly, constantly like pumping out content nonstop and always thinking about the next one and always thinking about, Oh, what's going to hit? Are people going to like this? Are they not going to like it? Do I like it? Do I not like it? Um, and, and, and putting out the right content all the time and, There's also like no downtime, like I've, I've always wanted to be able to, um, put out content like weeks in advance and have everything ready, um, in theory, but practically i never actually managed that. So it's always been very back to back, finishing the video, like literally three hours before posting it and then doing the description and doing the thumbnail and everything, um, my whole like past couple of years have been very like last minute, just making, making, making. Um, and I never really took the time to, to take a breather which which is okay. I'm actually not, like it was a conscious decision of, like you said, like of, of hustling it and grinding it out um, because it was something that, first of all, I was very passionate about. I enjoyed doing, I saw the potential and I wanted to not miss my opportunity. So once I saw that people actually enjoyed watching my content, I thought, okay, like this is, I, I should get serious about this and I should pump out more content. Um, and I didn't want to let my audience down. It's, I have this constant fear of, of letting my audience down. Um, cause I feel like people are, are waiting for the content. Right. And I get DMS if I don't post like, Oh, where's, where's the next video? Really? Um,
0: people are reaching out to you and you don't post.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, so, and, and I'm, I'm the type of person to read all my DMS too, which is very bad. Uh, I mean, it's great cause I engage with my community. Right. But, um, Maybe for mental health, it's probably not the best the best choice. Yeah, people but, are
0: vicious online, man.
1: Uh, yeah, they can be vicious. They can, <laughs> <laughs> it's you can. That's the thing. Like you can have like nine excellent comments praising you, and then one just horrible com- comment that's going to put you down, and you're just going to focus on that one comment. And they actually want you. Like people do that to get your attention.
0: Yeah, they're called um, trolls. I get them all the time. It's funny. It's
1: crazy. It's crazy. I actually like. <laughs> I just realized like just how much people like some people literally do it just for the attention. Like they'll put out a bad comment and then you'll respond and they're like, oh, no, I was just kidding. I just wanted to get get your reply back. And then I'm like, OK, I'm never replying to those comments again. Oh, god.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. I've always tried to like whenever someone will, you know, say something uh, off color, I'll respond and like try to really kill them with kindness or I'll be extremely vulnerable in my response. Like, I remember one time I got torn up on Reddit. Someone had posted some photos of me and they were like, you know, this is Jeremy Kirkland and this is how he dresses. And, you know, and it was basically like trying to critique my style. But it was all these clothes and all these different outfits that I've worn over the past 10 years. And, you know, I experiment with a bunch of other things and like just trying to figure out who I was, you know, and and all the different things that was going on in my life at the time. And one guy was just like, you know... Uh, comments about weight comments about my teeth to my baldness to like all sorts of things that were things that I have totally and I I wrote this like this is why I you know take antidepressants this is why I see a counselor da, 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 you know and I thought that everyone would be like, way to go, man. You responded in a loving, you know, and honest way. And people were like, actually, you just need to have tougher skin because this is about critique, man. And then I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just not doing. And and so now I just don't, if there's anything that's ever mentioning me on Reddit, I just can't engage because I don't know how. I'll just put it that way.
1: Yeah, I, I think one <laughs> one skill you have to learn as a content creator is literally to not pay attention to... The negative comments, because otherwise it it can really get to you.
0: Well, so how did you do that? I mean, because you're getting this all the time, and I mean, it sounds like eventually you just told the uh, your audience that you're just burnt out.
1: Yeah. Okay. So first of all, like the I wasn't. First of all, I I don't think I can say I was medically burnt out. I was just kind of getting a little bit overwhelmed. Um, Is there a
0: difference between the two? uh,
1: I I don't know enough about the subject to give like like this is not a, a medical professional answer, but I'm pretty sure like there's an actual like state of burnout. Like you can go to the doctor and you can say you are burnt out. You, I will prescribe you days off kind of thing. Mm, um, okay. I don't know if I reached that point, but I was definitely, yeah. You were like, fatigued. I we'll was, we'll fati- I, yeah, yeah, I was definitely fatigued. Um, and yeah, th- th- first of all, that doesn't have anything to do with the bad comments. I don't think like that was just like, that's two separate things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, i i definitely wouldn't say that the negative comments have um brought me down or anything like i, I think i'm doing a, a pretty good job at just not listening like not listening too much to the negative not listening too much to the positive because if you listen too much to the positive you'll you'll also listen to the negative um so i i try to yeah just st- st- both like stay humble and also like be confident in myself and know that i'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. um but yeah, the, the burnout was more like just just the pressure of creating the content and like not taking any vacation, no days off. Um, pretty much the past three years, I haven't really taken like a proper vacation or even weekends. Like I used to work like seven days a week. Um, now I try to give myself like maybe an afternoon or, or a day off. Like if, I, if I'm feeling a little bit fatigued, um, I try to do like a little self-care, just relax for a little bit, um, take care of my health because I used to be 110% like just content. And I kind of let um, some other areas of my life go, like um, my health, my relationships, my friends, that sort of stuff, because I was so focused on this. And I realized that it was a little bit too much. Like, it was okay for a while. It was a conscious decision. I I made that choice because I wanted to commit to my career. But now I'm at a point where, no, I I need to take a a small step back, um, go to the gym, take care of my health, make sure I'm eating right, uh, and make time for my friends and make time for my loved ones.
0: Yeah. What was the tipping point?
1: I wouldn't say there was like one event or one tipping point. I think it was just the 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 um how do you say that in in English? In French, you say la la goutte d'eau qui fait déborder le vase, which is it's the drop that kind of um it filled it filled the cup to the maximum, and that was the extra drop that kind of made oh, it. Oh
0: yeah, people will say like the straw spill. that broke the camel's back, or some sort of exactly yeah, basically like death by a thousand paper cuts or the final exactly. cut exactly so yeah, that
1: yeah. was like the f- the final cut pretty much um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey there you go <laughs> and and what was the response from that because i think you know it was really good and i think is freeing and this is where we get into even more of some of the the stuff of why i like what you're doing is when people of your caliber and size of your audience start to speak about things it ripples throughout the rest of the internet in terms of you know because i'll be honest like not that this is anything related to me too or any of the you know things that have happened but like they became the norm because people started talking about them you know like men's mental health and all that started becoming a norm more too when when people started talking about it and, you know, like Mr. Porter's health and mind thing and, and all of these people who are trying to be like, no, 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 this is a conversation that's real. It affects people and we need to have a discussion about this and I'm not just going to keep being a robot in order to like feed the beast. And I think like that's some of the stuff that I saw too from other, you know, maybe smaller creators or people who had looked up to you on because I was reading the comments on that and people were just like, thank you for this, you know, and so in a weird way you and it's so weird because it goes against like everything that your brain and every you know that you've been doing as being a content creator, which is just make more, make more, make more. And now you're like, hey, I'm going to stop. And in a weird way, that becomes one of the better things that you've done by just talking about it.
1: Hmm. 100%. I mean, I'm I'm very fortunate with the community that I have. They're they're very loving. Um they seem to be very caring and and, and yeah, definitely got a ton of positive feedback um from that video and yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very grateful for for my audience. They're um, very understanding. So
0: <laughs> So what are the things that you're doing now? Cuz I mean, you you did You did do this video of like, you know, how I wake up and all the stuff that I do, which was very interesting in terms of like trying to be less distracted by your phone. Could you just like share some of that stuff?
1: Yeah, so morning routines for me are super essential. Um, I'm not very good at evening routines yet. I do want to have one (laughs) because right now my evenings are quite chaotic sometimes. Um, But the morning routine for me, it's one thing that it's, it's it's helped me a lot in terms of just centering myself and kind of starting the day with... Starting the day with a positive because I feel like when you wake up, let's say you're at zero when you wake up, um, if the first thing you do in the morning is check your phone, you're going to a negative three instantly. Um, so I wanted to do something that would bring me up a little bit so that I can actually start ahead and kind of keep the momentum going. I think momentum is key. It's, it's a very important thing. So, yeah, just having a very simple but structured morning routine of waking up drinking a tall glass of water making my bed which is just doing a small task that doesn't take a lot of time but that's a little bit hard it's not something you want to do first thing in the morning that kind of builds momentum because if you do that it then becomes easier to do the next thing and then the next thing so just making your bed making your breakfast um and not looking at your phone straight away but actually taking in some some good information whether that's a podcast or just relaxing with some light music um i just try to take a few minutes, like 30 minutes to myself in the morning to, to do that, to meditate a little bit, do a little guided breathing exercise to, to center myself and then start the day with off the, with the right foot.
0: And what's one of the things that you do? Cause you had said you put your phone on airplane mode and you keep it that way.
1: Yeah. You put your phone on airplane mode, oh, by the way, like there's so many comments on that video people saying like, oh, like this can't be true because you can't have your phone on airplane mode and on Bluetooth. First of all, yes, you can. Oh, uh, um, Yeah, I'm that's a, been... <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about Android, but on iPhone, you definitely can have airplane mode and Bluetooth activated. So you just do that, put on your headphones so, yep. so that I'm not actually getting any notifications. I can just put on Bluetooth, put on my headphones and then put a podcast or music or whatever I want to listen to in the morning.
0: Yeah. Where did you... Where like... So as you're starting to, you're, you're building this and communicating this to yourself, like what are the sites, podcasts, other things that you're finding inspiration from?
1: Um, You you mean to like build that routine and everything or just the yeah, things yeah, I'm listening I'll, to I'll in backpedal. general?
0: Yeah, uh, i But basically like as you've been kind of learning and building your own sort of state of mindfulness and mm-hmm. ways to keep yourself less distracted, where are the other resources that you're learning and pulling from?
1: Oh, I listen to a ton of different things. Um, podcast wise, I listen to anything from business, business podcasts to just pure entertainment, um, like really anything and everything um, in terms of personal development. Um, I can give on YouTube. I have some recommendations. I, I personally enjoy watching Matt Diavella and Nathaniel Drew a lot. Um, they're two, I don't know if you know them. They're two like personal development type of YouTubers, um, kind of into minimalism and essentialism. And although I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a minimalist, like, um, they talk about very interesting topics and I think their videos are really well made and they actually bring me a lot of in- inspiration in terms of filmmaking as well, cause they're excellent filmmakers. So I can also like get ideas and inspiration from them in terms of making actual content. Um, as for podcasts, Um, I love the Tim Ferriss show. I think Tim Ferriss is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Jay Shetty has some good episodes. Um, Lewis Howes from the School of Greatness. Um, Those are a couple that I personally like listening to in terms of personal development and kind of growing yourself as a human being.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's, I feel like there, are like every podcast you look at these days, like there's a lot of this sort of inspirational stuff or from how, you know, like how I built this and all of those things of like, how I made a hundred million dollars, and and I think one of the things that that like I wrestle with a ton is a lot of these folks that are talking about this state of you know I'm just going to air quote mindfulness right and and how to be um you know how to have a better work life balance and how to have all these things they're already beyond successful like one of one of the people was like I only check my email twice a day. And it's like, well, of course you can do that because you run the company. And so you can just make this rule and say, I'm just going to check my email twice a day. But if you're someone who, you know, that email and your ability to respond to it is whether or not you're going to get paid this week, you know, like I I wrestle with that. And, you know, because I I love listening to those podcasts too, but I don't know if I found one um, that's been a little bit more of, a little bit more grounded in the sense that like I feel like I can relate to that person more because when they're telling me how they're gonna save the world by buying half a million dollars in Tesla cars and a hundred thousand dollar Tesla roof like I'm just never gonna be that and that that's okay I'm not complaining it's just like I can't I can't really vibe with you, man, when you're talking about, you know, your third house is your, you have a quiet room, you know, or you, you hired Thomas Pawson, the legendary minimalist to just make you a white, you know, farm table. It's, it's like, and that's kind of why I'd really liked a lot of the stuff that you were doing is because, you know, you, you, there's still a bit of a balance in the fact that you have to earn a living. You have to, you know, you actually talked about that you were going to work, um, you know anyway i mean i i digress there but i think i've been trying to find more content of people whom um are not so detached from reality that they can create their own and then they distort that to the way that they feel like they're going to become more you know mindful versus just like this is my reality and i'm going to find a way to live in it differently
1: a hundred percent i totally get what you mean and like um so one example so for example i like listening to sarah dici um she's a youtuber but she also has a podcast called that creative life and since she's also like in the same boat as me she's also like a mid-sized youtuber um who's kind of in the grind so like a lot of what she says is very um like hits right hits the nail right on the head for me because it's very relatable for me um but i think that's where like you kind of have to learn to take what you want from from what you're learning and like take the things that can apply to you and take the things that can relate to you and not necessarily listen to every single word and take that for gospel. Um, and, and that's the thing. What I found interesting about what you were saying of you, like, you, can, you can have the, the, the privilege of only checking your emails once a day or that sort of stuff. Um, one thing I found is that you, sh- you shouldn't necessarily look at, let's say you're looking up to someone who's doing what you want to do um, you shouldn't necessarily look at what he's doing today, but what he was doing to get to where he is today. Um, and I think it's actually okay to have those periods of um, how can I put this of, of extremity or of imbalance. I'm not sure if that's the proper word, but um, most of the highly successful people in whatever domain. Usually, like, when they first started out and when they were in the process and in that grind, they did not have their life in full harmony and have every single area perfect. I think, like, how I see life work is that you have these different um, – and I didn't create this, this metaphor. I heard it somewhere. But, like, you have this, these different stoves, right, that are, that are burning. And you can only set a certain – amount of power of fire on, on each stove mm-hmm. um, like, like there has to be a, a, a certain degree that you can't surpass so like you can either go like a, a, a medium medium power on each stove or you can go a very high power on one but then the rest is kind of burning lightly um, and I think that's okay like sometimes if you're going really hard in one area like I was with my content for a bit um, you might burn out but, but it's actually not that bad like I don't think it's it's the end of the world like okay you worked a little too much you're fatigued now you realize it And then you take a step back and you light up the other stoves a little bit more and and you try to balance it out. Like life is ups and downs. Life is, is, is constant chaos. And it's just about finding that harmony in the moment and kind of trying to figure out what works for you in, in that given moment.
0: That's, uh, that's actually really well put. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Because, you know, when you were talking about looking at people where they were at, you know, at whatever age that you are at, you know, and and you look at like, when everyone loves uh, you know, talk about how, oh, Elon Musk, and he did all these things. It's like, that's fine. But like, I don't really want to model my personal life, the way that guy has lived his life. And I'm not like, just ripping on him. But it's just like, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. And I'm trying to be a dad and, you know, and, and uh, a son and a father, you know, husband, all that other stuff. And it's just like, yeah, those dudes just, like, fly through <laughs> marriages and friends and just destroy all these things to get to a point to where they can be in their 40s, 50s, and then they, you know, then they hit the reset button. It's like, well, yeah, but if, if it's going to be 20 years of damage and 20 years of killing yourself and destroying everything else around you so you can maybe have 10 years of purity, is it worth it? And, I mean, that's, I don't know if we're going to get an answer right now, but... I mean.
1: I think life is about choices, right? Like yeah. we all function differently, we all aspire to different things, and we all have different needs, and we all want to do different things with our lives. So, what may bring Elon Musk happiness and joy may not be the same for you or for me or for anyone else. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the beauty of it. Like you have to be self-aware and understand like what you want, what brings joy in your life, and what works for you, and then try to have an open mind and like not. Judge other people for like what they're doing and and also like not judge yourself if you're not um, at the same level as someone else because you may not necessarily want that too. So it's kind of I think it's important to figure out what what works for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in those words. Um, where Where did that come from? I mean, do you were you like doubling down on some philosophy books too in school or what I mean, this is a i'm very I'm very enlightened by your perspective.
1: I actually don't read a lot. I, I'm, I'm not a very big reader. <laughs> um, I, I listen to audiobooks. I, I just started getting onto audiobooks. I actually worked with Audible, so, and, and I got into audiobooks that way. And I actually love it. Yeah, <laughs> listen to audiobooks all the time now. Because um, I, I, I love getting the information from the books. I just don't enjoy reading that much. Um, so I found that audio is an excellent form of, of uh, content consumption for me. So I, I listen to that, and I listen to podcasts as well, and just consume, consume content and... In different ways.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's good that you're still, I'm going to air quote, like reading books. I mean, versus I have some friends who are like, yeah, I don't really read anymore, but they don't really listen to anything else either. So <laughs> it's just like, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of rich history out there um, that could be, you know, heard if you're not reading. Um, so what's the stuff that you've been working on now as you've, you know, you're, you're kind of balancing your life sort of post-burnout and trying to find a way to, you know, please your audience and still make stuff. I mean, I have you, um, I mean, cause you make your living off of all of this, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is my full-time,
0: full-time thing. So how does it, how does that work now for the future?
1: So, okay. So first of all, now I hired an intern. Um, if you probably saw it from, from that video on, on the burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally hired an intern, which I've been meaning to do, um, this has been a huge help. Well, I'm still training him and everything, but it's definitely been a big help. Um, so I'm starting to to outsource a portion of the editing and the filming. So that's that's been great. Um, I've been able to get back some of my time, <laughs> even though right now I'm still very, very busy. Um, but yeah, I'm still really working on the content and um, working on, on a little project. I, I don't want to divulge too much on it. Sure. But uh, yeah, working, working on a little project that's, that's close to my heart that I'll hopefully launch early next year depending on how things go. But um, yeah, hopefully you, people will hear about it soon.
0: That's awesome. Um, well, we're starting to wrap. Is there, is there anything you want to add or mention before we, before we do it? Keep
1: being amazing. Keep loving yourself, guys. And, and learn, learn yourself. Learn about yourself. Learn what works for you. Learn what you enjoy doing. Don't try to like compare yourself to anyone else like figure yourself out first because if you can't make yourself happy you can't you can't make anyone else happy so figure out what brings you joy in life and, and go for that
0: that is the vibe thank you thank you so much tim it was really great chatting thank you jeremy all right see ya you've been listening to blammo our theme music is by the mysterious breakmaster cylinder we're edited by brendan finn and we're produced by blammo media you can follow along with us on instagram at blammo podcast and leave a review for us on your favorite podcast app if you want even more Blammo, head over to patreon.com forward slash Blammo to join the Blam fam. You get access to additional interviews, a community Slack, special events, and more. And best of all, you're supporting the show. Thanks a lot, everyone. We'll see you soon.